and welcome to the Glorious Bards Review Series Part <laughs> 1. Uh, we're doing something a little different. Normally we are uh, getting into our crazy adventures of the Bards uh, over many seasons, having a lot of great fun uh, on our adventures. But this time we decided to go out and see the brand new Dungeons & Dragons movie. came out, how long has it been? About a week, I think, about now? Yeah. yeah. About that. Uh, oh, not even that, right? This it's weekend was the release date. Yeah. yeah, so at the time of this recording, it's been out just a couple days. Uh, we got together as a group, most of us, uh, and just saw the movie. We have not talked to each other until the way back here now. Uh, and uh, we are talking about Dungeons and Dragons 2023 Honor Among Thieves, directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. So, what'd you guys think? Honestly, I freaking loved it. Yep. I, I super did. Tim, what were you going to say? I cut you off. Same you, thing? Tell me yeah. the same thing. I took the words out of your mouth. Uh, I was going to say, they must be like level 20. <laughs> <laughs> that cleric certainly is. Yeah. Gosh. There, there, Paladin, there were rather. a couple scenes where comparing the legitimacy of actual play, gameplay, someone was overusing spell slots in a massive <laughs> How many times can you use Wild Shape? Uh-huh. In, in Infinitely, one combat yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boing, 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 boing. Uh, so that was, that was pretty crazy. But still a blast. Campy fun. Uh, just a delightful... Uh, Inter-species relations. Certainly a, this first like comment. you said, kind of a hit and miss with some specific roles, you know, like the sorcerer and the wizard, and they actually say in the movie, I'm a player, uh, they don't say barbarian necessarily, but like to see all of the classes kind of play out in, in a real setting is pretty cool. I liked how they kind of incorporated in like actual D and D stuff, you know, like, um, yeah. like, and subtly too. That if you're yeah, not a D and D fan, yeah. you'll miss it, and and it's and fine, it's fine and, right? and, and 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 you won't really lose anything. But if you are a D and D fan, you'll know, you know, gust of wind, and you'll mm -hmm. know like a couple other spells in there. It wasn't um, ham fisted. Yeah, it wasn't. Someone's going, look, a rust monster. Yes, right. exactly. Yes, see <laughs> the rust monster. What like, yeah. Excellent execution of a gelatinous cube. Yeah. Of a mimic. Uh, so many of the creatures. Yes. Did you hear mm. the, uh, the the guys up top talking about displacer beast beat? Like, like th there was a very subtle comment. I was like, have mm -hmm. you ever tried Displacer yes. Beast Beat? Mm. And I was like, that's what they're called, Displacer yeah. Beast. Something about a beholder, like, uh, just a, another passing comment. Right, um, the, the, the paladin, right? I've, yeah. I've heard of him. Oh, he slayed a beholder with his sharpened gourd. Mm -hmm. I did not <laughs> like the, I love the gelatinous cube, but it didn't move. Yeah. It, it didn't did attack. Oh, no, yeah. It was a yeah. static object. It was held down. Mm -hmm. That is the second movie I've seen in a theater with a gelatinous cube, and I never thought that would ever happen in my life once. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre. Will there be a third? I love the misidentification of a class, too, uh, which was uh, the uh, Lord of Neverwinter, the new Lord of Neverwinter, calling his uh, sidekick uh, a, a wizard. Oh, when in yeah. fact, yeah. she was throwing around witch bolts like there was no end mm, to the day. Exactly. Yeah, that's, so. that's a, one of the weird credited things. She is credited as wizard, and they say wizard, I think. Uh, he calls her a wizard. Yeah. Uh, but she ain't I, no wizard. Usually yeah, it's a red witch. Yeah. It's usually the usual. Well, it, I mean, it's it's, it it's actually something. the type of magic that they're casting um, right. and how they have that magic. Um, but 
uh, it seemed like the organization was called the Red Wizards, and I don't know if maybe they're, you know, maybe, they, maybe, so, maybe like they're a little but, loose but it on the, uh, the definition it, of it, wizard. It fell into the logistics of uh, when you're creating a warlock, you get the packs, and the pact, one of the packs is a dark being or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So they did the shot of the room with the guy in the shadows yeah. whispering to her. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's oh, so cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it turns out he might be a future planned out big bad yeah yeah like well that's how i read into yeah. it and, no i, I agree but, with your statement but uh, i love the way they did uh did some of that stuff there was a couple of things that i saw in the film as well that just made me absolutely giddy in the same level of things that are, that are hidden away mm -hmm. if you guys recall the fight scenes nearly i think three of the fight scenes that i saw the ground around them and the rocks they were on changed shape so when they were in the courtyard battle in the last one, everything was a square. They were all standing on squares. But when they were in the Underdark and the Paladin was having the fight with all the assassins, they were stepping up on the stones. They were all hex stones. Every single one of the stones mm. they were walking was a mm. hex column. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a hex grid. It was so, like, like just <clears throat> two seconds in, two seconds out. But it was so amazing. The, the battle at the very end with the witch lady and that little town plaza thing i mean that's a battle map we've played on many times yeah. uh -huh. before. um and there were tw there was twice where i was like oh avius um from like spells <laughs> and uh from fire just going one. everywhere nondescript it was it was the ball that had the two people <laughs> yeah, captured yeah, in yes. it and there was like a what big, was that one there was i forget the name of the spell but i remember it was like a real pivotal battle and he like vulnerability yes Is, oh. yes and 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 like you can't get in or out yeah. and 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 that's something that we've seen in our uh season mm. one campaign and that's it was right. just neat to see it play oh, a meteor let's, storm let's was awesome big b thumb battle that took uh -huh, place yes. oh yeah mage hand versus mage, <laughs> mage hand versus mage hand i wanted uh, to yell was... out mage hand so bad but that i was, was like no nah. i love it and then there were two and i'm like mage <laughs> no i'm hoping to nice. carry that along <laughs> i think it's it's interesting uh to back up your point about the magic uh christopher the character who played uh simon he says like in the beginning like magic's not just this thing you, you know there's certain you rules can't solve the world with magic you can't solve everything with magic and they, so they kind funny. of do in, in a weird way and again to... they don't actually they 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 use the the bracers to dispel oh, the magic. oh yeah that's true mm -hmm. they did um but yeah he his character was he was a sorcerer but they weren't really attuning to concretely to like which wizard sorcerer or warlock it, it seemed like they might flesh that out maybe a little better but i didn't really have a yeah they gave some creative license to the uh yeah uh, the rule of cool yes yeah, it, yeah. It, the rule of cool exactly but making him weak and you know until his pivotal moments i think was a, a amazing character arc i think the character arcs in this movie were splendid yeah. i love that Right, his own magic. You you saw two spells. He had two spells at the beginning. Yeah. It was the little flame, flame finger and <laughs> yeah. make everything smell like grass. Everything are, else. Are those not both prestidigitation? I, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's all it is. My five-year-old can do that. Uh, but everything else required a magic item, right? Yeah. He, had, he had magic items on him all over the place that yeah. he, could, he could use and, and keep working with, which was great. I did not expect to laugh nearly as much as I did. I, I Half my enjoyment came from listening to you laugh the whole time. You were enjoying the hell out of it. It was, it was so great. Yeah. I I remembered my hopes being so high 23 years ago when the Dungeons and Dragons movie came out. And I was so disappointed. 
It was just not good. It was God bless very, you, very Jeremy Irons. <laughs> it, it, like, it, was, it was rough on so many levels, and I didn't understand everything at the time. I wasn't a really big player. I was just into the fantasy worlds. And I've seen a couple of like fan films since then. I've, I've seen the gamers films, of course, and, and those were great. Like They had some really good sense of comedy. This one was all in-universe, and it was E1, right? This was owned by Hasbro. This was the, the Dungeons & Dragons film. And so I tried not to get my expectations really high. And just to see not just Chris Pine doing an amazing caricature of Chris Pine, by the way, mm. like just doing all What's wrong of with his, my lips? his thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many good things. But uh, like the constant delivery of uh, justice as well and the completely, I don't even want to pretend that I understand your sense of humor that was coming from uh, Doric, the, uh, the druid. Like it was just so many good moments. And then the world itself that kept playing with you. I'm waiting, I'm, I'm holding my tongue on the paladin, which... I think is my favorite character. Oh, yeah. He's one of the best. But, well, let's do this. Well, let's go through the film. Okay. So let's start at just the beginning. We have the intro scene, and there's this whole jail cell, and then them breaking out of the jail cell. <laughs> yeah, you're, This is our first introduction to the movie. We're introduced in a snow setting, and a, a seven-horse-carried uh, wagon is pulling a prisoner into a very cool uh, like Kung Fu Panda jail in the snow, just a towering... Uh, obelisk of a building. We're crossing IPs. <laughs> so, what did you guys think of the intro? Oh, it was great. I thought it was, was exactly lo- what DMing is. It was this really fantastic role of the bard being charismatic, trying to talk his way out, being dip- diplomatic, talking about how they're going to get themselves released. And before the result happens, instead they immediately pivot and change plans and like we're gonna kidnap the Arakora and fly out the window before the dm even finishes his role it was like oh oh you were pardoned oh it doesn't matter okay <laughs> we were gonna right. pardon you that was great that's one. exactly what it reminded me of i was like oh i've run that campaign Mm-hmm. I also like the look of that the Aerocore guy as it was falling back. He had this weird, like, desperate look in his uh-huh. eyes that was the, really good. The practical effects in this movie, oh I thought, God. were absolutely amazing. The first thing you see is, a again, a prisoner coming into the jail, giant hulking, almost minotaur-looking creature, just horrible, uh, mangled. And then the next thing you see is a real dragonborn. Yes. Aerococa. Uh, uh, how do you say that word? The Aero-coca. crow thing. <laughs> Um, cat folk, all kinds of things. Um, it, yeah, it was amazing. Okay, from there, I'm just guiding it along. And stop me if you guys want to add anything. From there, he goes, finds his daughter's gone, if I remember correctly, and then they get going to the city to find their buddy has become the little mayor guy. Yeah. And then they have a scene with Hugh Grant that, to me, could just as easily been played by you, Jeremy. I could see yes. you in Hugh Grant's role uh-huh. talking about the. This is blisteringly hot. Yes, oh, um, <laughs> and like going back to it multiple oh, times. Oh, I could totally see you doing that. For me, the the true menace was when he looked to the little girl and was like, honestly, who makes tea this hot? <laughs> like all that yeah, stuff. We need to have a word. With, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, he is the villain in this yeah, movie. But at the same time, like, I didn't think you were going to stick your finger in it. <laughs> well, let's, let's just keep it here for now. You, save that for that's later. totally something you would do. Uh-huh. I really heard you in that role. I, I really like the uh, the uh, overshadow of the uh, scene being the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. It's Vader mm-hmm. with the bounty hunter and the heroes on the other mm-hmm. side of the table and that whole play out. You're like, where are they going to go with this? And they 
Oh. They did their thing, but I, I thought that was pretty pretty slick there. A little healthy dose of betrayal as well. Right, and that's the thing. We, we find out that he's the con man, and mm -hmm. he actually intended for them to get trapped. And I'm glad they got that. You know Hugh Grant is going to betray them with the moment you see him on the screen. And it's like, sure. please don't say this to the end, because you know, I know it's going to happen, so gratefully they did it early. Yeah, it's saving us from that one. And then, right, they had to leave because now they cannot... I can't rescue the daughter. We're not going to be taken care of. He's not our friend. How do we get her back? And the bard starts doing what bards do. And this is something I really loved about it is that he's not a fighter. Mm -hmm. The barbarian is clearly the fighter. He calls himself the planner. I plan things. But really, he's the encourager. He's always the salesman, always the, the pep talk, always gets people going. And the one person he fails to pep talk the most is himself. Right, because he's he's constantly fighting his own failure, but but he's like, okay, I didn't work again. Let's try this one. It didn't work again. Let's try this one, and like goes back, finds his prestidigitation sorcerer, mm -hmm. and uh, part of his plan is we also need a fourth, right? Ocean's Eleven style yeah. now, building up the the team and deciding they need the wild mage, and then uh, they find her, and then they find out that's not enough. <laughs> I would like to have seen uh, the Bard express uh, beyond song into some of the magical elements mm -hmm. that are permitted mm -hmm. for a Bard. Yeah. I, th I think the reason why is they wanted to avoid the classic cheesy 80s fantasy movies of blue energy versus white energy. Uh, and Peter Jackson definitely wanted to avoid that with Lord of the Rings. So that's yeah. why Saruman and Sor uh, and Gandalf, yeah. when they're fighting in the tower, he said, we're just going to do it physical. I don't want that cheesy stuff. So I think they wanted to avoid magical notes and all that. And that's why you see like this hand that looks cool of, the, of reality versus a lot of magical sparkles. Yeah. I think that was a visual choice. I, I would agree with it. I think, I think it worked out really, really well. And but, allowing the other magical people to kind of uh, like in the one circumstance, he was you see him playing a long kind of song for these guards to distract them. Turns out it's not actually him. He's being uh, mirror imaged, essentially. To so it's sort of, sort of it's not his magic doing the thing, but it's still somewhat magical. But yeah, I, I agree. The bard <clears throat> didn't get to use any bardic magic. Really. We have he was certainly inspiring. And we haven't had. I mean, we've had a lot of what westerns over the many decades, and yeah. cop movies over the many decades, and war movies. We haven't had a ton of fantasy. But how many do you have your clear lead male character not be the the swashbuckling kick-ass Conan right. or whatever it is? Um, you don't get that too often. So that was I, I agree. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That before we move on, um, what about uh, our actors? Who could have done a better job than Chris Pine in that role? Oh my gosh! Tough question. I think he did an amazing. I job. think he did an yeah. amazing job. I think, yeah, I wouldn't. Good. I was just gonna say. I think having him kind of uh, lead the trail on this movie. He was an executive producer on this movie, so having it, him being, I'm guessing, a lot in the production, so he could get into his voice. Uh, in a real way, I think really helped. But yeah, I mean, he's just an amazing actor. You can see the the charisma like oozing off the dude. So no matter what he does, you know, it's gonna be good. And, and they Chris, did pick a very charismatic <laughs> human. And Chris, yeah. when you hear this and you want to join us and just a little interview, we can say hi. Maybe play. Seth's seats available. Um, we'll definitely throw some <laughs> right here, please. Yeah. There's <laughs> comfortable. Absolutely. We can even add a small pillow. I think um, Michelle Rodriguez. She's mm. always been an amazing actress, oh, yes. staying in her kind of you know not 
staying I, in her lane. But Very she, much in her lane. She, this was her lane, but gave her so much more depth yeah. than I'm used to seeing yeah. in roles that she usually does. She doesn't usually get the death scene. We're at the spoiler section now. Um, yeah, the emotion that she was bringing out kind of throughout the movie, and it grew as it was going with um, Chris Pine's uh, daughter, you know, seeing the, the struggle of her not understanding why he's, you know, not ready to go back yet. Like, you know, we still need one more person, this and that. She's ready to take the tower down now. Uh, yeah, she did. always plays. She is the go-to actress for the Hispanic female military yeah. or prison prisoner type tough girl vibe. And this one, she's still doing the tough girl yeah. vibe. But yeah, it was different and fun. She was one of the few characters who took hits. Mm -hmm. Like actually, yeah. you could see kind of damage. She did it. almost yeah. all yeah. the fighting. Yeah, yeah. 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 She also like... played, in my mind, a very low intelligence character without being stupid. Without being yeah. stupid, I was going to say that I really liked the choice of opposite of Chris Pine, especially since they're a duo, where she's very blunt, very direct, and not necessarily into social cues. I don't do deception. Mm -hmm. I like like the straight up, up thing. So having that low intelligence without being the I don't get it. Like she gets it. Yeah. She just doesn't care. Yeah, the her like uh indifferent body language during certain like pieces was actually perfect when she's just kind of sitting and just kind of like not really paying attention to We're abandoning the city. Yeah. <laughs> it was was very well done on 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 her part so uh, it was really cool. The other one I really liked was Hugh Grant. Um, mm. It wasn't a massive role, but it's a very easy role to, I don't know, maybe Jeremy Irons from the original Dungeons & Dragons eat right. up the scenery or have a really big cheesy turn where now he is. No, he's still just, it's still the same guy. He's yep. not evil, but he's not great. He's just not good. Um, I, thought, I thought he did a Pretty good rugged. job. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so then um, they are gathering their group. They're grab gathering their sorcerer. Then they grab their druid. Um, Who's an amazing wild mage and can turn into all sorts of fun things. Constantly. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. an amazing really, really uh, good tiefling. introduction scene uh, to her where they're um, uh, forges Hugh Grant's character. Uh, the army of the city, Neverwinter, is kind of finding and going into the woods and tearing down the homes of all of these uh, the wood elves and so this, the emerald enclave the emerald enclave so this tiefling character um uh played by sophia lilith um dork is that her dork. Name? Dork, yeah. dork um she is a wild shape uh so she can turn into many many different creatures that we established <laughs> so worms and owl bears and flies and rats and deer i think by rule it's like twice a day for your yeah. wisdom modifier <laughs> something like that um, yeah. <laughs> and and I thought otherwise what was after what was after that? Then they realized they need to get into the I'm trying to get into the, the vault. vault, but it has like this really hideous, completely impenetrable spell. Right. right. It's the Bellagio Vault. We you, see you the vault at that yeah. time and that's where Forge is talking with uh the red wizard and the the nobles and all of the rich uh, people from kind of outside the city start coming into the city, because uh, Forge, Hugh Grant's character, has brought back this festival to Rain gold and all this stuff from the town for for the townspeople, quote unquote. Um, and so he's showing these rich people the vaults. And that scene, uh, if I can interject, yeah, had please. one of the most simplistic jokes that I really liked. And it, it was oh. now she will describe in detail yes. <laughs> how this is, and she just drops how our half a sentence. Is uh -huh. This like, is oh. the orcane doom lock yeah. uh -huh. seal of that. Also reminds me maybe something you would do if when I, I might feed you something uh -huh. as vessel or something. 
describe your drive. Trial of Solid. Yes. Uh-huh. It is a lot. Oh, all right. We should mention <laughs> this film is set in the Forgotten Realms uh, uh, campaign. Setting. Sword, uh, yeah. Sword, Sword Coast. Coast. Sword Coast. Coast. Yeah. Which is Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms, yeah. 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 Uh, just in case. If you yeah, but we don't bother with the other parts of Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Just Sword Coast. It's not a home. Baldur's Gate. Thing. I got so excited. I was like, I want to see Baldur's Gate. <laughs> I saw, he's, you mentioned Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep. Those and Waterdeep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, came Waterdeep up great. Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God. So they, for you, they teased us with the, the pan down the map. Uh-huh. 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 Line. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, no. I think it's interesting. If I remember it's in there or not, Gary Gygax found this package. I think we mentioned this once before. A package of disgusting little creature animal things of toys from Japan, if I remember right. And then he had these and he used them as miniatures uh, for early editions of what would become D&D. So things like what a rust monster is and I believe a overly hunched over beaky thing he said is an owlbear type shape. So to come from those random that's trinkets all the way through everything to appear on this map of a modern day movie was kind of interesting to me weird uh what was after that so now they're going after this helmet right right so they they They, need this helmet right they need the the helmet which they're trying to find because that's the only way you could dispel this super magic lock bolt and they're like there's no way we can't find it 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 was lost over 100 years ago right it would happen in this battle and then the bard walks away, walks back, and suddenly the party has an answer. <laughs> like right away, yeah. oh yeah, we had this conversation. My ancestors fought in that battle. They did? Yeah. yeah, if only we could talk to them. Well, we can't, they're dead. Actually, we can. And so they go into the cemetery. Oh, does that right there, is that lame, boring, or, or, or easy screenwriting? Or is that the kind of crap we might do where someone say, ah, my ancestor, I made that left history roll. And is that simulating (laughs) that or is it both? I I would say it's a comp. I would definitely think that's something we would do. Not only for the really good history roll, but the like, well, actually, I have an item that I've been holding on to for seven episodes or or for for, since we leveled up two times ago that lets me ask questions of the dead. And I would say it could be lazy if not for the setup that was the joke in actuality they didn't raise one person from the dead they raised about seven right. people from the you know they raised a bunch of people because they just weren't getting these answers so uh that was one of the the trailer clips that was going around I would, ex- I would expand on the the scenario yes it's something we would do uh or could do or could approach because you know full freedom uh, but it wouldn't be limited to a particular scene what we were looking at would probably be like you know nine weeks to get the legendary helmet of x all the while being bombarded with yes but there's a young lady over here in distress <laughs> yeah. that need yeah. help. you know that yeah. kind of there were know. not enough side quests yeah um, there were not enough side quests my experience with D&D. we got zero side quests with this it was me, just our game master being, all right so they're going to go get the helm and then they'll they'll speak to the dead no they now having to go to each of these guys yep. cuz they're yeah. not asking the right uh, questions yeah. we're now two sessions in now we're going to the, yeah. oh this would just take like 12 movies just to get to the helm honor amongst thieves part 3 uh, yeah. coming in 2027 i say i we're I, still still in the cemetery <laughs> 
cemetery. I, I absolutely. <laughs> I considered the helm to be the side quest, right? You, we we know what our initial quest is. We know what our our end goal is. Mm. The the bad guy is is getting revenge, getting the party together. All right, do that. Nope, can't do that. Okay, got it. Let's do this way instead. Getting the helmet. Can't do that either by ourselves. It was picked up by a paladin a hundred years ago, and he hid it for for the rest of the world. Yeah, fucking great. A hundred years ago, right? And then everyone, same deal. Uh, make a history check. Everyone rolls a nineteen. Actually, I've heard of him. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I know him. Yeah. No, he he was a hero in my tribe. Oh, he was a hero in our lands. Yeah. I passed it to him. Who passed it to him? Who passed it to yeah. him? <laughs> yeah. And so this hundred-year-old paladin still lives, still saving the day. Everyone knows of him, and they go and find him. Was, it, the, was it the same person? That's, yeah, because yeah, right. we saw him in the cup in the flashback scene. Yeah. Uh, oh, so while they're right. digging up these bodies, we see the the carnage of the battle that they're kind of describing and stuff. And while that's happening, I think it's at that same time. It's it's around <laughs> the same time. Uh, we go back to the castle and we see the red wizard, and she is uh, having a memory of what happened those hundred years ago, if I remember correctly. Or, it, or, or no, I'm sorry. She's having a conversation with somebody who Christopher mentioned uh, just earlier, she's having a conversation with a shadow figure. Uh, I can't remember if I wrote that name down. Like Saz-Tam. Saz-Tam, yeah. Saz-Tam. And he's kind of telling her what her charge is, you know, of how I'm going to get this... Uh, I can't remember the item's name now that's coming to me. They have this horn. Horn of goodness? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly Horn of, that's horn of be badness. Um, horn of gentle passing. And so this paladin uh, <clears throat> who we are about to meet, he's involved in the history of this uh, horn. So the most powerful red wizard kind of led a coup against the other council uh, and uh, brainwashed and or poisoned uh, the members of their kind of society. Um, and so we know that this is kind of the ultimate uh, rosebud, if you will, the ultimate. Oh, this is all person. awful because it's just giving Tom ideas on. <laughs> to screw us over. And so they have to go find uh, the helmet, and so they meet our palette. But oh. right, it also gives us an, a history of what Thane is, right? Mm -hmm. Thane, when we we skipped right over the backstory that the bard told of how he got into prison, and he was supposed to be this good harper, but he was taking out a red wizard of Thane, and. Everyone from Thane, according to the rest of the Thay. Thay. Oh, yeah, no, they're they're Thayen. Excuse me, they're from Thay, right? So all of Thay, though, is cursed. All of Thay is undead. It is this horrible land full of evil wizards and evil darkness, and, and they're always something that needs to be kept at the border or taken out of Faerun. I, I, so, um, uh, just one quick uh, thing. One of my favorite scenes, just attaching to that, because it goes beyond just being the the wizards who are Thans and all yeah. that. Uh, even though the uh, 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 wizard lady was there and she was acting on behalf of the Neverwinter, when she revealed herself, her own guard said, "They're Thans," and instantly get killed. So I, I love that the faction was still very strong against them, that kind of thing. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, no, but but right to that point, like everyone knows Thays are bad, period. So when they talk about this great paladin who saved him, he was a Thayan paladin, he immediately shuts it down. And he's like, nope, well, that's never going to work because yeah. that's clearly not going to be a thing. When they're looking at all the speaking the dead and 
I love the Druid's comment. Well, that seems rather arbitrary. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you get uh, five questions. Yeah, and they keep asking. And then the ramifications of over-asking or under-asking I thought was really cool. But my favorite dead guy was the heroic guy who died in the bathtub in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> just fell over. Yeah, I died. Um, I thought it that was, was the great. morning of battle. So then they go underground looking for this helmet. They find the helmet. Some bad guy, they guys show up. We get another great sword action scene, which is fun. I wish it doesn't have to be R-rated but I wish we could get blood, a little bit of blood in there. Yeah. Like, you know, slitting the guy's wonder, throat with a clean blade again. Oh. I've always wondered. They were already dead, If though, and when. So. They're uh, gonna, yeah. Get but everyone was like stigma in, in the industry. Yeah. I think it's coming. Uh, and, and then, um, after that, we go there climbing up to this thing, and we have a classic dragon now coming out that's struggling for some reason to get, dragon. to get through this hole. And as Alistair says, it's this fat Toby dragon. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. What a nice take on that. Reminded me of my cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not just a fat dragon, but, like, it moved. Like, it was fat. Like, it doesn't yeah. fly after you. It slides uh-huh. down the mountain on its belly. Yeah. Just just trying to pick you up as it goes. <laughs> the the moment where it's it was sliding, and then it lost but, any control. Yeah. That uh-huh. it, it just rolled with it. <laughs> it. <laughs> I was like, these guys are applying real physics to yeah. this. That was, that was delightful. It, it just always had its mouth open, just waiting yeah. just yeah. to catch whatever it could. Hungry, hungry hippo. But oh again, yeah. This sets up, like you guys were saying, the prestidigitation. His only trick that he can confidently use are Simon, our uh, sorcerer. <laughs> they go underwater. Yeah. They feel the explosion coming, and uh, uh, Edwin, uh, um, excuse me, Chris Pine's character tells him, "Believe in yourself. You can do it. Everyone, get down." <laughs> and they just jump, and they. Which is another um, counter to your expectations of the classic D and D red dragons breathing fire. Yeah. And it didn't unless it could get some additional help. I think it just did it twice yeah. and it could get help. Yeah, it it was trying to breathe fire, and yeah. it looked like it was like you know you could see it sparking, but I think yeah. because it was so fat, it, it couldn't some, like you know it was actually breathing fire out of breath. Yeah. So, but I love the sparking feature yeah. in it because it was yeah. like. Oh, here it comes, here uh-huh. it comes. He's out of breath. And then you would just move on to yeah. the next scene. Uh, well, he was... rolled a D4 and it's going to take exactly. four rounds. That was, yeah. that was the play level yeah. I was thinking oh, of. I was like, oh, uh, speaking of which, and, th- and this big. kind of covers the whole movie as as it is. Um, they really resisted the urge, where I probably wouldn't have, of using any kind of die anywhere. Yeah. Any kind of you die. And Even I was, the gambling I was just, thing they were doing. Yeah, they were doing tokens. something else. Yeah. Tokens and whatnot. There, I was waiting for some symbology, some icon to pop up. Totally resisted that. I thought that was a yep. cool step. After that um, was not my favorite, probably my least favorite part of the movie, and that was outside uh, on the beach, and it's the standard beat of, well, we're beaten, we can't go on, and let's split apart, and we're at our lowest, and then no, let's rise up and go. And then the sorcerer has that ancestor thing. It just seemed to really slow down uh, for me at that point. It was okay, but just didn't match the rest of the film for me. Yeah, I think they needed that in order for him to have, you know, then... His character grows. Yeah. Yeah. They could have shortened that a little bit. They but mentioned but arrest. 
He took yeah. a rest. It was a little long. It was yeah. like a short rest there. They woke him up. But he was trying from... to attune the helmet yeah. the whole oh, time. He would have been. But he would have had fatigue. One. Uh, the, the scene to what I agree is my favorite character, the lawful paladin walking straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just gonna keep going. Is he gonna keep going? There's, there's a, a rock, but there's a rock there. Surely yeah. he's gonna go around. No, he's gonna go right over the rock. But, there, was, they, there was a joke right before that when Chris Pine says goodbye and he oh, says, he, "You're he, absolutely wonderful. You, you're you're better at everything this than talking." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then he breaks yeah. into like a wisdom it's, checked soliloquy, and he interrupts him and says, "There were goodbye." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, so we meet this paladin character, and he's the most just—he's confident, he's regal, uh, he's a paladin. He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous, <laughs> and he knows no irony. He literally says, "Irony is a blade used." Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Chris Mike goes, Is it like really? <laughs> <laughs> Just because no, that's his least favorite character, is, is, is symmetrical, symmetrical doesn't mean it's not nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they, they, they set up that whole design for that character as the trope for every lawful paladin, which mm. I. I just love the way they did that. It, they yeah. didn't flesh him out too much. They kept his yeah, his character was just very much in a box and played that way. And I thought it was a great little to me. Comic he was trip. the DM character that's added to the party, right? For this particular scene, like the DM, <laughs> like and now we have a paladin. And whenever we come in, like the DM plays that role. Oh, and wow. so it's always this like hundred percent lawful good. Like like doesn't quirk doesn't actually mesh with the team the whole team actually kind of hates that you're here but we really need you and you are better at everything than us yeah and yeah, then, there's neutral good and, lawful right, good and that just the lawful good, like, oh that's so uncomfortable <laughs> and then once we get the thing done like you know what you should probably join us we need you in our team no no yeah. this is your request i'm done like oh shit. Yeah, that's a good point <laughs> it, was, it was completely perfect after that we got into our heist portion of the movie where they're setting up this portal stuff and a wagon and getting into a treasure and that was really cool. Yeah, they're planning, but they're also not revealing kind of everything that they're doing. And to me, there, there, there's a, a, a pro and a con to that whole concept. It's it it relied too heavily on the portal gun for my liking because <laughs> yeah. that it's so powerful. The hither thither one. Yeah, it's just a little <laughs> like it's a little too much. I would have rather see them do more. I don't know. Uh, more mundane or more more stumbling or something like that versus hey here's like the perfect possible tool to pull this off on the other hand though it does that whole scene does simulate the what the hell are the players doing kind of stuff like oh yeah. my god are, is this actually gonna though, work uh-huh like it's not going to plan that the picture gets put on the yeah. face down on the floor and you know there's or, or just that players would ever think to do uh, this with that, that i thought yeah. was really captured that really well yeah. yeah and they like almost get caught you know he's like sliding under the wagon in the portal right. and or, they can't or, or uh, her holding onto the legs yeah. and waving i mean that's freaking uh, uh, uh that's avius yeah. dragging uh -huh. the puppet across yeah. the street in season one <laughs> yeah. we should sue <laughs> All right, and then after that, they're breaking in. They're having trouble. They get caught, and then they get tossed into this uh, arena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your, and the arena was classic arena, the yeah. classic arena with other classic players. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah. So oh, my God. freaking out. There's a whole other team in there. There's that two, was, there three teams. There were three uh -huh. teams total, right? And there was one that I identified right off the bat. Which uh, was the exact characters out of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? Yeah, fantastic. And, yep. and like 
they uh, they were spitting images. They were yeah. spot on. They did such a great job with them, and they had no lines. They but we just kept cutting to them as they were picking up the axe Finding at the, the barbarian, yeah. and then they get through, and they're they're running away from danger, and they somehow made it. They they were the mm. first ones in. And then our team discovered we don't want to actually win this. Good luck. You win. Right. Like they had to go find it another way. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, if we go in there, we will all die. And they're all just like, what? 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 <laughs> my, my classic dwarf, my guy, was a badass in that. Yep. He needed. He just needed a few more rounds. He yep. proved himself. There, there, there's a, <laughs> there's, there's something I've been oh, waiting yeah. to bring up that I haven't brought up. I don't know. Were they dwarves? Were they halfling? Bradley Cooper is Half-Lake. in this movie. Half-Lake. Yeah, Bradley Cooper is a halfling. That was the most genius use of force perspective. It wasn't at all force perspective, but they wanted you to think it kind of was. Oh. And then but, it was oh Tim, Tim laughing at the very end where she eyes the halfling. Yeah. Her and oh my with gosh. Can't wait to eat him up. Very, yes. very the very the halfling characters. It was, was totally, very, it was totally me and my ex. <laughs> and then the hands of Bradley Cooper. Oh my god. I'm the halfling and she's the big barbarian. <laughs> we've we've seen the handshake happen three different times in the film. Like there's always a hand offered up, mm. palm up, and then the other hand clasping yeah. down. So, so when Holga was saying her final goodbye to what was it, Melman? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, her her husband, who was the halfling, he's reaching out with a little teeny child's hand, and her hand <laughs> reaches yeah. down and grabs it. What what were you th- when that exact moment's happening? Are you thinking what I'm thinking when their hands are touching? There's I don't. No think way you get so. a wedding ring on that. It, how, how does it work? Yeah, physically, how what's going on? How does it work? Yeah, but I he love that the... Yeah, I mean, you can get a good half a halfling in there, you know? Yeah, it's very good at kind of like... We're, we're, talking, we're talking Bradley Cooper here, and he, he's pulling off not just I had time with, you know, Holga... Right. I have Who's this there? other lady who is yeah. just massive as well. Massive barbarian. He had the hither thither wand. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So going back to the arena... Question: How tall were these arena sliding walls? That's like, like the classic twenty foot. I think. No, no way. No. Oh yeah, no. thirty. You said they were much too high. No, 50 at least. I'm thinking fifty. Yeah, 50 okay. feet. So if you have fifty foot walls that have a ten foot space in between them, yeah, doesn't seem like much of a spectator sport to me. Well, most of the seats, if you looked at the arena, most of the there were no seats ground level. Yeah, yeah there were no, all high there were no up club. The they were all like. I don't think you're seeing it. But also the the center in the sky where the nobles were sitting. That's the box seats. That's the box seats. But that's blocking half the stadium for people trying to look in. You know, then just be be a noble. Uh, yeah, right. well, like don't yeah. be a peasant. Well, just be a, don't be a peasant. Okay, um, stop being a peasant. Magical bootstraps. The, the cat creature in the arena called displacer beast. Yeah, that's a displacer beast. That's cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like. Yeah. Didn't use displacer beast technology. It did. They did. It did. That was. That it was. The, they all just. No, there was only and, one. There was one displaying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was the one, but there was the the wildling one. Uh, who got her powers back, and she became a displacer. No, but she before is. that, it was also because that's that's how your your dwarf guy got killed. He, he saw it he, coming he, around the corner. Oh yeah, that's smart. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did on yeah. that one. It was yeah, a project, he used it twice. He right. also used it on the bard, right? And then Holga jumped through yeah. the mirage, and pulled him, him out right before they got hit by it. Oh, I thought it was the wilding came through. No, 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 no. no. no, no. no was, okay. Um, oh. 
Well, then I take it. And back. a mimic, mimic showed up. Classic yeah. wrong with the mimic. chest Classic mimic. mimic. And it was almost like a cameo. It was like really yeah, quick. Right. You know, <laughs> that's, really like, that's how yeah, I felt about everybody. that whole scene. You were just yeah. mentioning them picking up the axe. It was a perfect shot, looking at the chest, and they come in. Oh, you know, like, it that's great. Uh, taking off that too, another overall picture of the uh, film. They didn't rely too heavily on magic items across the board. So it wasn't like yeah. every chest they delved into magic acts of such and such. It was just a regular. Yeah. You know, battle axe kind of thing. Yeah. The sword she pulls out, I was expecting it, mm -hmm. light on fire or something crazy. It was a basic sword, so they didn't just Go dump magic the items. Yeah, the paladin yeah. had like a rune, like runic symbols on his sword. I elbowed up him when he point. did that. And I'm like, he's doing some sort of little yeah. channeling paladin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There. Little smite like action. Yeah. He had the green energy yeah. and he had the but green energy. But again, the, uh, radiant damages that... Uh... <laughs> really super high-level paladin against a really super high-level ancient you know, undead. really undead yeah. assassin. And they both have really high-level magical items. Yep. Can't, are you ready You're for another bout? Like, that was really cool. He was like, it's <laughs> yeah. not as easy if they can't die. <laughs> like, All right, so then uh, they defeat the maze. They realize the treasure's on a boat. They get to the boat. Hugh Grant finally turns on the girl, and they get away. They get the, away. They did and it. And the movie's all done. <laughs> and then Red Mist. Right, and that's the thing, right? A red, they, a red mist, blue mist appeared. What was that? Red yeah. mist appeared. That'd the, be great. The red wizard, uh, the, so they all are common names that they changed just a little bit. Sorafine, I think was her name. Sophina. Sophina. Is it Sorafina? Sophina. Okay. Sophina uh, then activates the horn just like we saw in the flashback that was given to us that happened in Thay, and she's going to make all of Neverwinter undead. Make this it, is the real reason army. the tournament is... Or the, the, the whole the reason the tournament was run, the whole con that was happening to the con man, and so, well, shit. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I heard you laughing big time on that. Here's Has that side. happened in our game at all? I say it at least once an episode. I, oh, I think I love that <laughs> there was... I mean, that's why we were leaving Mirskan for so long. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Like we were trying to leave Mirskan in season three early on. Oh, and you, but, you get away, and then you. Oh, okay. But but there's something. But we that have to take care of this. Yeah. So now uh, now we'll leave Mirskan. No. We no. There's still another that we need to square <laughs> up. Now we're gonna go. No. 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 We gotta. Do we need to plant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they right they move out of whatever would have been the chaotic neutral thing that they come in and be good, and they fight the wizard. And that we were talking about this earlier, like such a good level of fighting. Like the fact that one boss is in the middle, everyone attacks one oh, after yeah, the other, one after that was, yeah, that was a quick, cool quick fast. Scene. Nice. You see cool three scene. hits get through, but four different misses happen. She hits back with this one. Like it was off. It was so good. You see like I, what I took to be a concentration spell. Yeah. 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 I, I was Being just going to say that. Yeah. Anything. It was yeah. the, she was concentrating on the, 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 the dragon. Dragon. stone dragon. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she, that's, I was thinking about that. Yeah. She got knocked down. She got yeah. knocked down and the, the dragon turned back. I'm wondering if anyone else who's intrigued about the movie, but doesn't know D and D that well would be confused by that at all. Maybe there's, a, there's a vast majority. You don't care. And a bunch. No, but yeah. they did a classic edit of something happens to her. Snap to the right. creature yeah. right away, right? and and they did show her like like puppeteering, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, right? they did yeah, that. Yeah, well. And now you see her hand doing the manipulation. So. Yeah, but, yeah, they set it up. No, well. yeah, visually it was a great. Yeah, show. and I think there were two concentration spells cast. Um, that can't be. You can't have two concentration <laughs> in different Technic scenes. Technically, different she scenes. cast two spells and one was not a cantrip. So and I'm right. in different scenes, and I don't know that she had cast the other one, but like I really liked the concentration, uh, uh, the way they played that mechanic and um 
it, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. And having again the the wild shape just attacking that creature until it's disposed of, and then another magic ability. We see the loved mage hand appear, but mm. evil mage hand, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere a stone mage hand appears, and Simon helps uh, save. Was it uh, Doric at that point? Yeah. Yeah. He like broke up their fight. Who broke up the other fight? But yeah, constant action in those moments. And yeah. the, the phrase at the end when she tries to stop them all with the first trap that we found out about, the one that got everyone trapped in prison, she does the time bomb. And this time, I got better. He didn't uh-huh. say I leveled up, but with totally what he did, right? He's a leveled up sorcerer. Like, yeah, my my spell goes off a lot better this well, time. Well, he did say I countered. Yeah, we counterspell, right? He, he, he tried to counterspell oh, both times, and the first time he couldn't that. do it. Yeah, said, it, time... it was a very brief moment. They executed that really, yeah. really well, in that he was doing it, and it looked like he stopped. And then, of course, um, Chris Pine played it off really well. All right, I have a question um, with a little setup. Years ago, a little movie with uh, Michael Caine and Steve Martin called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels came out. <laughs> yeah. A fun, fun comedy. In the trailer, they have all a bunch of funny jokes from the trailer, and then they have a scene where Michael Caine or Steve Martin's walking along a, uh, like a Venice dock thing and just nudges an old lady right into the water <laughs> just to show you how evil they are. But it's never in the movie. And then they asked him, and they and Steve Martin's like, "Oh, I guess they cut that from the movie." And for some reason, that stuck with me as the only scene that was ever in a trailer that was not in a movie. And I'm wondering, is there like a legal reason? Blah blah blah. And I mention all this because I kept waiting to hear Chris Pine deliver the speech from the trailer of "We stole something from the trailer. We stole something from a bad guy, and he actually turned out to do the be the evilest bad guy of all time. And now we have to save the world." But yeah. that never came about, or did I miss something? Or no, did, there's it no wasn't part in the of the trailer. All right. Yeah, I mean, it was probably just a, a line that they had, and they just it didn't make the. I've seen like a couple trailers like that. that. Yeah, that like it's, it's pretty common practice. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. the only one I know of. I can also tell you from my own experience to be <clears throat> in film, the amount of film and scenes that are shot are typically twice as many, sometimes three oh, yeah. times as many as oh, actually sure. make it into the film. So there's entirely likely that that scene was completely shot not for the trailer but for some part of a setup or, or some part of the conversation that they changed the story partway through and they're like nope we're gonna we're gonna change this mm. element change this element I can and, think of a, in. and the marketing team made the trailer and well, <laughs> in, yeah. in the 2012 movie avengers there's a line that robert downey says in the trailer it's the same line he says it in the movie but he says it in a completely different tone oh. than the trailer and it's a completely different meaning because he says it in a completely different way and i remember vividly watching the trailer being like oh that's going to be a really cool moment and then he says it in the moon like oh that wasn't cool (laughs) it was like the billionaire playboy philanthropist thing but he says it in a really like cocky way in the trailers a genius billionaire playboy all right how about uh let's go around the table if you were to give it a rating out of one out of ten or any other stipulations how, how would you rate the movie tim two thumbs up two thumbs up from wow. tim wow both of siskel them. and ebert rated yeah nice. uh i'd say eight and a half out of ten all right. it's definitely solid I give it both of my Bardic inspirations. Ooh. I give it a nine out of ten. Nine. I would say on total overall scope of movies, I think it'd be a solid eight, but for what it is, an action fun thing, a ten out of ten, I would definitely see it again and enjoy a sequel. Well, I'm guess I'm the hard bitten critic. Uh Do it. I'd give it a seven and a half box of popcorn. All right. Jeremy? Uh it's a nineteen out of twenty. 
<laughs> it's not a full critical hit, but it's pretty but high. It's pretty damn high. But if you had the right feet, it could <laughs> uh-huh, be a critical yeah. <laughs> There are wrong system. I, oh, I, yeah. You guys, I love this movie a lot, and there are a few movies that I I laugh at all the time, or I really get into the story over and over again. Scott Pilgrim versus the World makes me giggle like a child. The entire film, I love it. It's so funny. This film, I think, tops that really? with my my level of entertainment that I had for it. I, I'm absolutely going to rewatch it again. Um, yeah. I, well, this and is I'm sure all the squares, right? This is our alley. And yeah. I'm sure watching it again, you know, you'll pick up more uh, uh, homages to D and D. And I, oh, yeah. and, I oh, felt, and I felt like there were several other uh, homages to different things. I felt like. Uh, some MC universe, maybe some World of Warcraft. Um, there were a couple other pieces because, like at at the end when um, the barrel, what are you talking about the barrel scene where she's like, yeah, where she's slamming, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that reminded me, that was like the Hulk and Loki, yeah. yeah, and when they're underneath in the <laughs> big cavern with the lava and stuff that's um very much um deep rock oh it's like deep something cavern in um for world of warcraft classic um deep rock fathom or something but or chasm but i mean that's what it looked like to me and maybe that wasn't black rock caverns thank you (laughs) and maybe that wasn't the intent but i like i was like oh that's what it would look like in real life so i think there were pieces of some other things in there that they gave um a little nod to as well i had a half moment i was expecting to see some drow so going back to the underdark and and seeing like i would just love to count up all the creatures that i saw the cockatrice that was in there the giant spiders all the other ones that i was like oh my gosh i know where these creatures are like just flip through a monster manual as i'm watching like it'd be super fun so yeah i not quite the critical hit but shoot i near. i could feel the 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 um directors mentioned uh in some interviews that it was inspired by like princess bride and lord of the rings oh my god obviously those i could feel those movies popping through the screen what scene was that where where chris was totally being like dread robert pirate dread pirate roberts and his responses and everything yeah like oh i don't know would be the cottage scene Mm. i think it where it's 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 the whole yeah, it's the Buttercup and Wesley relationship. Even at the beginning when he's like um, talking about his pardon stuff, that was like kind of yeah, the yeah, back yeah. and forth. A bit. Yeah, There's a big thing we didn't talk about in that. What is his motivation for doing all this stuff? And he's trying to find um, this talisman of resurrection, essentially, so that he can bring back his uh, wife who the Red Wizards killed. Uh, well, I'm hoping anyone watching this already knows that. We're going for the full spoilers. A lot of yeah. trouble. All right, how about one more time around? Any final thoughts about the movie, Tim? You want to share? Um, no, I'm, I'm. I was looking forward to watching it. Glad I did. Uh, looking forward to taking my daughter to go see it as well. Yeah, a lot of fun. We'll definitely um, see it when it comes out on on video, handful of times. I'm sure. Great. I've been a big fan of Justice Smith, who played Simon uh, for a few years now. He's been on a lot of uh, Netflix shows. I'm really happy to see him get some bigger commercial stuff. Um, I'm definitely going to go be seeing this again uh, with my fiance in the movies. For me, this movie, leaving it, captured the surprised fun that I had when I left Galaxy Quest. Uh, I was not expecting this to be that good. Um, I was keeping my expectations neutral and ready for it to be cheesy and just okay. Uh, And it it really exceeded my expectations. 
I got uh, stung on the first Dungeon Dragon, so naturally I was hesitant on this one. I was pleasantly surprised. I would very much love to see a grittier version of this uh, when Quentin Tarantino takes the <laughs> And Jeremy? <laughs> I, uh, I'm hopeful for another one. I'm, I'm excited to watch this one. I will probably watch it 20 times. And it got me excited to play. Like, oh, yeah. like, I yeah, think that definitely. was the biggest thing. Like just watching it and seeing the action back and forth, I was like, I want to jump into a game right now. And I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people have the same reaction for that. I agree. Perfect segue. We're going to roll right into it now. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this uh, special review episode. We had a lot of fun going to the movie and sharing this with you. And uh, let us know what your thoughts are. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Great.